You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Hello, ladies, and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Love Your Practice. You know, in this podcast, we're always just talking about ways that I can help make your life better. And I think the interview that we make today um, is just another one of those pieces or slices of private practice that I think is going to make your life so much easier. And this is an interview with the fascinating and amazing Dr. Mona Patel, who owned a private practice for nearly 30 years and now devotes her time to teaching teams like ours how to implement dental sleep medicine into their practices. It's a really interesting conversation, not only about dental sleep, but also just making changes in general and the fear and resistance to change that we experience as dental practice owners. So listen in to this fascinating interview and we will see you on the other side. Okay, so I would like to welcome to the podcast, Dr. Mona Patel. Dr. Mona Patel, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today. It is my pleasure. It's so exciting to be on here and thank you for having me on. Yeah, well, I'm honored because I know you're a busy person and you have these things that you're creating and it's a Saturday morning. So the fact that you would take your time out to help us is very much appreciated. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, um, I love sharing my knowledge with my colleagues just to help them. Um, And it doesn't matter what time of day it is. You know, I get, I get messages from mentor mentees that I'm able to answer their questions and it could be any time of the day. And I have a funny story about that, but we'll get into that later. (laughs) Well, it's just interesting because what you're talking about is just a good demonstration of the fact that when you're doing what you really love, it doesn't feel so much like work and you kind of don't mind doing it whenever you want to, you know? You know, you're so right. It's um, when I, I found my joy in our field and whenever I get a question about dental sleep medicine, I'm quick to answer it because I know that if I help that one person, and that helps them save a life. Look at that ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's huge. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, and so I love you, it know, you mentioned dental sleep medicine. So let's get into your background a little bit. Sure. You are a general dentist, right? Yes. And you own, you just recently sold, congratulations. You owned a dental practice for? I owned my dental practice for 26 years. And you know, I sold it. Actually, my timing was so fortuitous. I, I sold it two years ago, just before oh, COVID. Okay. Yeah. And I sold it. I made, made a decision to sell it to a very small DSO mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I actually was really tired and fatigued. And I had private buyers, and this is probably another podcast, Laura, about transitions, right? Well, you know what? Everyone's just listening because they're thinking about their practice. And just between you and me, we all fantasize about selling our practices (laughs) all the time, right? So tell us your story. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, you know, I, I 
went years just, you know, with uh, pushing the practice, learning all the different modalities. Um, you know, I had a CVCT eight, nine years ago. I had my CEREC, you know, 10 years ago. And it was just, I kept adding and adding and growing my practice with the services that I could offer because I was FIFA service. And I really believed in relationship-based dentistry. And um, I also had, you know, um, team development to help support this growth. But after five maternity leaves, one after the other, and where team members didn't come back because they chose to stay at home, which I applaud. It's wonderful, right? Yes. But now you've got a high-functioning team and one person drops off, you add someone new and they're not up, uh, up to par with the other team members. And then another one drops off and suddenly where you were, you're not there anymore. Yeah, and, and, I, and I have to say, so many of us are experiencing that right now because yeah. of the great resignation. Yeah. especially with hygiene, but also very well-trained dental assistants. Yeah. We are struggling to keep our teams and to keep them on par with where we were. Right. And I think my, my opinion on that is we have to accept that we are not going to go back to where we were. Mm -hmm. And we have to make a big shift in our mindset mm -hmm. to embrace the new way of how things are going to be done, no matter what type of practice you're in. And, you know, that that's what I believe in right now. But I really, totally agree. I think there's yeah. a, shift, a shift happening in the industry. Yeah. And the shift is an opportunity. You know, it's not necessarily a bad shift I for agree. all of a sudden for the for patients to realize that their cleaning isn't as available as it used to be. And all of a sudden they've got their precious time. This is their time. And if they give it up, they're not going to get another one for a while. Right. Well, and maybe people will start to value seeing their hygienist versus the one that's free, quote unquote, with their insurance. You know, right. okay. I think that um, the people who really care, they're going to start gravitating towards um, towards dental offices who offer more personalized care. So anyway, I, keep yeah. talking about your yeah. story. No, I totally agree. And I, and I think that, you know, this is the time that you use to revamp your culture and your policies yeah. of process and your care and, and create that, um, Hey, you know, if I make an appointment with my physician, I have to wait two months, mm -hmm. right? I'm never going to cancel that appointment. Same mm -hmm. thing with our dental offices. That's what we have to start educating our patients on. But in the meantime, I had, um, grown this office and now was taking on more work because I didn't have my team members on par with where I was because I'd switched out to new people. Right. Yes. And I got fatigued. I got really fatigued. I got tired. I had burnout, um, you know, and, and it's hard for us women to admit that we're tired and we're burnt out. Right. Mm -hmm. um, we want to be super women and we want to be perfect and we want to show that everything's great. We, we want to seem perfect and we want everybody else around us to be super happy. So we sacrifice and we sacrifice and we sacrifice yeah. until what we have isn't what we wanted. Correct. That's exactly it. And so in the middle of that, you know, I'm hitting some health issues and all of those things that finally at the age, <laughs> I was like, you know, a 50, 50, yeah, 
I just was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't even feel, and I'm really passionate about dentistry, but I just don't feel connected to this anymore. And I can't even celebrate all the things that I've done at my practice and how my patients always are like complimenting us. And I was just burnt out. So I chose to sell and I sold to a small DSO. Um, I chose not to sell to a, a private buyer who was wonderful, but I didn't want to take on their burden again, you know, taking on the emotional worry and helping them out and all of those things. Right. Okay. Um, wait, I want to pause you there. Mm -hmm. I want to find out what was going through your mind where it was going to be more of a, a burden on you to sell to an individual than a DSO. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So every private buyer I met was like, we don't know how to do the things that you do yet. And can you mentor us? Can you help us? And I love mentoring and I love helping. And my energy is a very empath type of energy where I just take a lot on around yes. me mm -hmm. and keep give, give, giving and try and help. Right. And I wasn't really great about putting up my boundaries. And I was enough self-awareness. I realized, hmm, I sell to this really nice young man. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to mother him and I'm <laughs> going to keep giving. And so in selling, I'm not actually walking away from some of the office burden. Yes. I'm going to be taking on maybe more because now it's not just finding the right team members or helping him find team members, but it's also helping him find his way into, you know, um, establishing himself in this practice. Mm -hmm. So I took the way of, I want complete detachment and I just want to go in for clinical care. So that's what I did. Okay. Right. And um, during that whole time, um, about three years ago, three and a half years ago, I had discovered that the reason that I had some health issues and was not enjoying life was because I had sleep apnea. Oh, this is a really personal journey for you. It's a very personal journey. And what I spent my 40s, right, the whole decade feeling tired. And I was put on thyroid medication, pre-diabetic, but still couldn't sleep, still tired. And, you know, I'd go into the office. We'd have, we'd start at seven o'clock and work through till two. I'd get up at 5.30. I'd go in. I would be, you know, doing paperwork and stuff like that. See patients, then stay for paperwork, go home, exhausted, falling asleep at the wheel, just thinking I'm getting older and I'm tired. <laughs> Yeah. Right. And then spend two hours on the sofa trying to get energy back, napping and all of those things. And then um, feeling guilty for not being able to take care of my kids. Right. We all have that. Oh, I didn't give them a proper meal. I did, you know, quick stuff. I didn't use fresh, all those things. Right. And then um, I went, I'd been implementing all comprehensive treatments, implants, and I know sleep was on my list. And I went to a sleep course and the sleep course, they give out home sleep tests to kind of make you show you what it's like as a patient. And that's where I got my diagnosis. 
Wow. Now in the middle of that, I'm going to hit you with more. Okay. In the middle of that, um, I was depressed Mm -hmm. because I was snoring and my husband kicked me out of the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Right. So now my anchor, my husband, right. We're sleeping in separate bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And that was devastating because, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm still young. I want to be close to my husband. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in another room because I'm snoring. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I had developed a horrible, horrible, horrible TMD issue on my left joint. Right. Now I know how to make appliances for TMD, maybe 70% better, but horrible, horrible pain. And all of that was linked to my sleep apnea. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so once you got your diagnosis, Mm -hmm. I then made (laughs) myself an appliance. I was like, I'm going to make the simplest appliance. I made it like an mandibular advancement split. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, I did oral appliance therapy and people, you know, in the sleep world, people are like, well, why didn't you do a CPAP? That's the golden standard. And I'm like, hey, CPAP just ain't sexy. And I, I'm not going to wear a CPAP. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back. I'm not going back with all the <laughs> stuff, right? Very dumb, honey. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I made myself an appliance and the first night I wore it, the next morning when I woke up, I was like, holy crap, is this what it feels like to actually sleep? Wow. I slept all the way through before I used to wake up three or four times, at least go to the bathroom twice. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't sleep beyond 4.35 o'clock. I woke up that night. I went to bed at my regular time and I woke up at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, wow. And I was like, Okay. And in the meantime, I'm learning about sleep and wanting to implement that into my office. But what was really a game changer that made me want to to really push it in my office was that three months in after wearing my appliance, I go into my morning huddle and my team, I'm like, what's going on? Everyone's just like, they're like, we hate you. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, we hate you. You're so peppy in the morning now. We can't, we just can't take you. We can't, we can't handle it. And I'm like, ah, okay. And you know what? I'm not, I don't need my tea. I don't need my coffee. I'm not taking my afternoon naps. Wow. And then I started looking at my team and I got them tested. And then I got their loved ones tested. I started looking at my family and suddenly it just was like, there is a huge need. It's everybody. It's everybody. You know, you, yeah. you, you're going to start slow and you think, okay, like here's, here's one of the th- the ways that we did this was we just picked two people every morning in our morning huddle. We picked two people mm-hmm. in each column to say, we're going to screen for sleep. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, we'll build up to more. And when you say screen, you just mean like fill out the little fill out a sleep screening and have a conversation or something. Yes, exactly. There's certain screeners that I use um, to help educate the patient more to move forward to getting a diagnosis. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't bring out the app with then. And um, I, what I would use um, and I would, I would say this is a better way to introduce a conversation is something called the stop bang. Okay, stop bang. Sure. Yeah. And the reason that that's good um, for the listeners is that 
stop bang has risk categories. So what happens is when you have your patient fill it out and you do that with your patient, it will put you in low risk, intermediate risk and high risk. And you know what, when, when you as a patient hear risk, it goes home more, right? Then, yeah, than an Epworth number, which is what Epworth is meaningless to a patient unless you teach them what it means exactly so the to introduce the conversation i always use the the stop bang and um you know uh we um we started off in the morning meetings identifying two people to do a sleep screening on three weeks later my hygienist came to me and they were like we we just can't do two we have to do everyone it's everywhere Mm. and within three weeks we just because the team was so on board too, yes. you know, and, and that, that is a, is a big piece of the dental sleep medicine puzzle mm-hmm. is it's gotta be team driven. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to stop you there for a second, because mm-hmm. if I'm pretending that I'm my listeners right now, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm somebody who knows a little bit about sleep medicine, but like my patients are used to me saying, here are your cavities, come back and see me. And my team isn't used to having those conversations. I'm that listener. I'm driving my minivan and I'm like, this is too much change. Change is hard. Patients aren't expecting it. My team isn't expecting this. Even though I agree sleep is important, I just can't integrate it into my office. I think it's too hard. Yeah. Okay. So So what are you saying to her (laughs) right now? Um, We as dentists and as women, put up obstacles for ourselves more than anyone. We actually put up obstacles to, we're we're scared of change, right? And we have a fear of rejection from patients. So the first thing I would say is goodbye fear. Okay. Okay. Goodbye to that. Can I pause you for a second? Mm -hmm. Because now we're talking about something that's my wheelhouse, which okay. is that fear of change. Yeah. It's deep in our biology, yes. just as deep as our need to eat or sleep or reproduce. Our brains do not want change because wherever, right, wherever we are right now, the brain knows we're not getting hurt. We're still alive. Everything's fine. So we're averse to change because maybe if we change, we won't be as safe as we are right now. And our brain's job is to keep us safe, not to keep us happy, to keep us safe. So as you and I are talking about this and you're telling your story about integrating these changes into your practice, I'm just like thinking of my listeners and I can just hear their thoughts going, nope, that might be too hard or, or my patients might reject me or ask me if I, if I need a new boat, because why am I talking about this thing? You know what I mean? Right, so right. just honoring, honoring that brain. And mm-hmm. also like what you said, let's look at the fear and let's say, you know what, we've got other more important things to do. We're going to go through this fear. We're going to go through this yeah. discomfort in order to make the change, to get the practice where we want it to be. Right. Okay. Yeah, no, I I love that. Well, the big part of it is um, for, for me, what really worked was um, discussing implementing sleep with my team and, Mm -hmm. you know, saying, Hey, I really want to do this. I want to save lives. And how do you guys feel about it? Because I know I'm not going to be able to do it without you. Mm -hmm. 
And that was a big step. Yeah. And they were like, nope, we're on board. We want to do this. And then we made sure the focus was not on us and our discomfort, but the fact that we are going to be saving lives. We are going to be changing lives. Mm -hmm. So fear, for me, fear of change and fear of rejection comes from when I put myself first in the sense that I'm thinking about my perspective. Yeah. Okay. Right. When I say to myself, this is not about me. This is about this patient and their health and how we can help them. It changes the focus of my conversation. I'm now not looking to, I'm not looking for, oh my gosh, they're going to be upset with me. They're going to reject me. I'm looking for, I'm interacting with a human being and making sure that they know everything about their health. That was a big change in my mind shift, right? But there are verbals that can help you with that. So, you know, one of the things that that my patients always knew is that we always are constant learners at the practice. And I think that women who are listening to your podcast are the same way, right? They are. They're listeners. They're listening to a podcast. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And so how many times have you gone to courses and you want to implement something? And my favorite thing to say to patients is, you know, I did not know this when I saw you three months ago or six months ago, but I went to this amazing course and I did not realize there is this connection. And I did not realize that the ADA, actually the American Dental Association said Dana should be screening for dental sleep medicine since 2017. I'm floored that I didn't know that. That's exactly how I was able to take away that awkwardness mm-hmm. of talking about sleep. And I trained my team to say those things, you know, basically here we are, um, we're doing a cancer check. We're doing a, a screening for decay. We're doing a screening for gum disease. We're doing a screening for blood pressure, hypertension and systemic disease. And so now we're doing a screening for sleep because we actually are in the best position to look at that because so many things in our mouth can give us a clue that that might be a sleep issue. Yeah. I mean, I feel like now that I've learned about it, I can't not see it. Yeah. Yeah. But I still haven't like, I feel like the, the hard part is even though I've learned all this stuff and maybe a lot of the listeners are in the same place, I know how to see it. Yeah. But I still have a hard time integrated it, integrating it into my everyday practice. Yeah. And it's almost like when I treat somebody from sleep apnea, it's because a physician sent them to me. Right. Right. But I'm not treating my own patients. Right. Because I haven't figured out a way to properly or easily integrate that. Yeah. Um, I think that you have to do it slowly. And I think a lot of it at the beginning is planting seeds and awareness and education. But the the people who are going to be educating the patient is your team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it's how do you set up a not a workaround, but a workflow with mm-hmm. your team? So, you know, identifying. So things that you can do from the get-go is in your morning huddle, look at people with uh, uh, patients on hypertensive medications, 
on um, you know, statins for uh, cardiovascular heart disease and diabetic patients, mm -hmm. that trifecta, and just start to ask some questions about their, how they sleep. Make sure that on your medical annual updates, you have some sleep questions, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you snore? Have you been told that you snore? Um, do you, have you ever been told that you stop breathing at nighttime? Mm -hmm. um, have you been told that you wear a CPAP to wear a CPAP? Do you wear your CPAP, right? Just simple five questions on your health history update and your new patient history can open up the door when you wanna introduce that conversation. Mm -hmm. But when you start it with anything in dentistry, you know, when it comes to restorative and um, you have your team member put the first C in there, right? And then you come in and then the handoff, the team member, your hygienist is going to be telling you about your patient and their dental health, right? And a really great segue is like, hey, and Dr. Patel, you know, I looked at the back of the mouth and I saw that the tongue sits really high and, you know, um, there's not a lot of space back there. And that made me ask Joe some questions. And he does say he's snoring and his wife gets a little upset with him. And I told him that that's something that we could help him with, mm -hmm. right? Really nice little segue. And mm -hmm. then you- It's not very like, you need a crown. It's no. kind of like, I'm noticing this problem. Maybe yeah. we could help them. Let's talk about it some more. Exactly. Because you have to connect you know, the, the pain point to the patient. Now, let me reassure you, that when you start to talk about sleep with people, it's a whole different conversation, right? <laughs> um, when you talk about restorative, you know, there's, there's maybe sometimes a little hesitancy, et cetera. But when you start talking about sleep and you say, yeah, I see things in your mouth that tell me you might have a sleep issue. Do you sleep well? Well, actually, no, I don't, doc. You know, it just opens the door up and people like will really discuss freely. Not everyone. You're going to get some people who out of fear won't, mm -hmm. won't want to talk about it. And you just keep gently asking and you take away what the objections are, right? So I'm like, oh, are you, you know, sometimes people worry that they automatically think they have sleep apnea and they're going to have to wear the mask and the CPAP. Mm -hmm. And once you start to take away that part of the conversation, the fear, it, it, again, opens it up to a lot of the resistant patients, right? It's just how you communicate. What do you say to a patient that you're looking at and you can just like see it, right? Super yeah. narrow palate, super yeah. long, um, soft palate. Mm -hmm. The teeth are just like ground to pieces, right? And right. we say, how are you sleeping? And they say, oh, I sleep great. Yeah, I, that's when I say, really, your, your wife or husband, your significant other hasn't noticed any issues with your sleeping? Nope. Well, so you sleep with your spouse? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm going to be a little funny here. And I've told patients, like, I had a 75-year-old male just like that, didn't want to. And I was like, and he lived in uh, assisted living. Mm -hmm. And um <laughs> I, I basically, I was like, oh, so do you have a lot of girlfriends? And he's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, people who don't, men who don't sleep well, they actually end up a lot of times having problems with um, erectile dysfunction. And so if you want to be able to not be soft, I think that you should follow the test. 
you know? And he was like, Mm -hmm. what really? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You just got to hit the pain points. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Well, that's one that I've always wanted to bring up, but I'm like, I don't want to talk about directions with my patient. You know, you know what? It's, it's one of those things where you think you're never going to be able to uh, talk about things like that. Um, When I go into train other dentists, they, and their teams, one of the biggest resistances is to talk about weight because it's, they feel it's rude, right? Yeah. Weight is the biggest connection to sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. So we have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about it. But once you start talking about sleep, it's just a whole different conversation. Patients yeah. are way more open to talking about their health and how they sleep and how they don't feel great mm-hmm. to, you know, talking about TMD and full mouth restorative or a crown or a filling. It's just a different uh, mindset from the patient. So the obstacles we put up in our mind that patients are going to be resistant or it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation you'll be pleasantly surprised when you start it's not the reality it's the story that you're telling yourself because of fear yeah it goes back to the fear again that's too funny that resistance to change tell me about you just said that sometimes you train other offices now so we were talking about how you sold your practice and we got like three quarters of the way through that <laughs> yeah. story. And then, yeah, I mean, obviously you've had a big shift in whatever it is that you're doing in your yeah. life now. And I know that you have this new company that you, um, that you utilize to teach people. So tell it, finish your sales story and then sure. tell us what you're doing now. Yeah. So in the, you know, before I was, um, before I was thinking of selling I had actually started to really implement dental sleep medicine in my office. And I'm a really good implementer because I'm a constant learner and I have, you know, developed a really great way of introducing new processes and procedures into my office. And with dental sleep medicine, there's so many little steps that this was a very difficult, um, for me, it was challenging because there was lots of things to navigate. So I got my system down. And while, when I sold, I sold like three months before COVID, right? And then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. But during COVID, I was still able to talk about sleep. I was on podcasts and webinars because I also mentor for Clinical Mastery Series. Mm-hmm. And um, which, there, for those of you who don't know who are listening, this is like a system for learning full mouth reconstruction and jaw inclusion stuff, sort of like Coys or Spear, except clinical mastery moves around, right? Yeah, they, they move around, right? Yeah. And I and I I've done Spear and I've done Panky. Mm-hmm. And um what I found with clinical mastery was it it was so practical at helping me implement all of those things that I'd learned that yeah. I couldn't get off the table, right? That's so what I've heard from other people. Yeah. I, I mean when people ask me which one, I go, it that's up to you whatever you choose, stick to the one curriculum. Mm-hmm. But I always say like Spear and, pa- uh, and Panky and Coyster like going to Harvard and you get really academic, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you go to clinical mastery and you get that stuff, but it's like going to a really good state school where they make you streetwise and give you all the implementation part of it too. Mm-hmm. That's how I describe it. And yeah. so that really was the way with the sleep journey was I started to go to sleep courses and mm-hmm. I went to one and then I thought that's not enough information. I need more. Mm -hmm. And in one year, I think I did 80 hours of sleep education. 
Whoa. Yeah. And this was before COVID, right? We we, we before time. Yes. All right. Before COVID. And it was, it was like, okay, these courses are great, but they are given from a point of someone who's been doing sleep dental medicine for a really long time. So, you know, it's like, oh yeah, my sleep coordinator does that. Yeah, my sleep coordinator does this. Oh, I get all my patients from my physician referrals because I've been doing this for a really long time. Well, how does someone new take a restorative assistant and make them into a sleep coordinator, Mm -hmm. right? Sleep champion, sleep queen, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. Then how do you get referrals from physicians if you don't have experience? How do you yeah. build that? Pra- that ha- that's right. So that well, it's is- like creating this new thing within a thing that's already living and going. Right. And the momentum is restorative, restorative, restorative. Yeah. And then you're trying to sneak in the sleep stuff, right. and it's just very different. So Correct. you and run so- into these logistical implementation challenges. Exactly. And I think maybe a lot of dentists like me, they just sort of like it's not that I've given up, but it's really, I don't naturally have a lot of conversations with my existing patients about their sleep. I do with my new patients, but with my existing ones in hygiene, I'm just doing that thing. I said, I'm going in, I'm looking to see if they have cavities. I'm leaving. Yeah, exactly. And we, so I, your patients are going to come from your, your sleep patients are going to come from your patient pool. And if you have a process to screen and get a testing pathway and get them to yes, for the right treatment option, you're good. And you can be very efficient and profitable doing restorative with sleep side scheduled, but you mm-hmm. have to know how and with a team. So yes. anyway, that's what I was doing at the time COVID hit. Um, and when COVID hit, uh, because I mentor and teach for clinical mastery, another a, a sleep uh, teaching uh, company asked me to also teach for them. So mm-hmm. I got involved in podcasts and webinars and things like that. And so um, because I'm active in CMS and on Facebook groups, I started getting messages uh, that were sleep questions, right? Yes. And I, my husband and I would go for a walk around, you know, our area every day because COVID allowed you to do like so many things that you put off, right? And so um, <laughs> he was like, one day he looked at me and he goes, I need to talk to you. And I said, what, what's going on? And he goes, babe, we've been married now 29 years. Mm-hmm. And I see that you're on your phone a lot. Do I need to worry? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no. Only if you want to compete with my love for a season. Right. I know. And I was like, no, no, no. These are all people who are messaging because they have a question about sleep. And I have to answer it now because number one, it's fun because I love talking about it. But number two, I don't want to forget to do it and not help someone, right? So he's like, oh, well, why don't you just go help them? And I'm like, what do you mean go help them? And he's like, well, you know how you had coaches for your practice management and stuff? Why don't you just go help them at their offices? And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. But So then I thought about it and I said, I'm only going to do it if it's fun, right? So I chose a crazy fun name for me. Like I didn't do integrating or implementing or something like that. It's 
dental snoozology and I'm a snoozologist. <laughs> and, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't find that funny, then maybe I'm not for you, right? Might not be your, yeah. your customer. Yeah. But, yeah. And the other thing I said to my husband was, I'm only, I'm going to do this, but it's going to be my way of giving back. So 33% of the net profits will go to educating young girls um, who may not get the ability to educate and empower themselves for a better life. And I love elephants. So it also goes to mm -hmm. elephant conservation. Um, because we are very fortunate and blessed to have had the ability to go into a profession that gives us independence as women, mm -hmm. financially, and for our self-confidence. Look at what we do every day. I mean, yes. we're kick-ass as women, right? We're amazing. Yeah, and I don't take that for granted. And there's so many young girls and women who haven't had the opportunity to do that so I wanted to be able to give that back um so yeah I'm getting emotional about it now <laughs> it's so interesting because that giving back is just so much more rewarding than actually earning the money or getting a new customer but that part where you're changing someone else's life who maybe wouldn't have that opportunity to get educated if it weren't for you and this fun thing that you're doing. Right. Right. We just, you know, we have sometimes the, the doing of dentistry and clinical dentistry and the business part of it um, really can wear us down as women and um, you know, men too, but we also go home. We're, we we're in a space for women right now. So we yeah. don't need to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I didn't want them to feel left out. They're not listening. <laughs> as soon as they find me, hear me say ladies, they're like, oh, I'm out. This podcast not for me. <laughs> yeah. So my, my thing is that we women are doing so many amazing things with our profession and our business, but we go home and then we don't have the time to celebrate that because we're now into a different role, right? Yes. And we we take what we do for granted. And so one of my things from this podcast is if we can all understand we have such an amazing opportunity in what we're doing mm -hmm. and to celebrate that, yeah. that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, and if we're going to celebrate, and this is for everybody who's listening, celebration doesn't happen extemporaneously because our brains aren't wired for celebration. They're wired to keep us safe. So we got to take this opportunity. Like if you're listening right now, Mona and Laura are telling you, you're amazing. Let's celebrate that for a minute and look at everything that you've created. And of course, you know, we don't know what you're going to create next. Maybe it'll be dental sleep medicine. Maybe it'll be something else, but either way, take a moment to just really appreciate everything you've created because you're a badass. Yeah, absolutely. So that's how dental snoozology came about. That's how it was born. Yeah. So basically I come into an office for two days and you, I, I work with clients who've been to a sleep course or two, but are not able to process that into their office. And I come in, I, I will work with the team and yourself to customize it to the people that you have. And I start to go through the journey of screening, handoffs, testing pathways, financial conversations getting to yes that's the first day mm -hmm. the second day is all about records 
appliance selection, um, follow-ups, managing side effects, and then the last half of the day is role-playing, like really working with a team. And I, what I like to do is actually take them into the rooms that they're going to be working out of. So mm -hmm. I'm talking to a hygienist about screening. We're going to go into the hygiene room and work from the area that you see every day to mm -hmm. get you your mind, muscle, matter, everything like going so that yeah. there's no discomfort and talk about yeah. we role play and adjust the handoffs and introduce conversations. And that's how I how I how I work mm -hmm. after that. I you know, we have now a process in place and I provide two um, uh, Zoom support calls virtually and then I give uh, support for the first five appliances. And what I mean, what I mean by that is when you get to do your first appliance up to five, you're going to call me and then I'm going to ask you questions so that you can learn what the decisions you should be making when it comes to appliance. I'm not going to tell you which one to use, but I'm going to walk you through it mentally so that yeah. you actually then my goal is that you won't need me, you know, when it comes to that. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. I love that Dental Snoozology was born. And I'm just curious, like if any of our listeners are kind of like, I want to hear more about this, you know, um, where do they go? Like, do you have a podcast or a website? What's an easy entry for them? I have a website and I also have a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So uh, just type in Dental Snoozology in um, you know, a web browser or look for it on um, Facebook and Instagram and it's there. And uh, I also will let you know that if you go onto the website, there will be a downloadable uh, form uh, for a screening. There will be a pictorial one and a, a little questionnaire. So if you do want to start talking about sleep with your patients and just laying, you know, a foundation or planting a seed, you can use those forms to be able to talk to them about it. Yeah. So this is a, this is a form that you could use right now that um, if you want to start implementing the conversations, at least Correct. the screening would be um, the form would be like a guide for which questions to ask and also show the patient, yeah. you know, like with the stop bang, yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. So the stop bang will be exactly, exactly. And it, and it, again, you don't have to go. It, it, have you heard of the Kaizen method? I love the Kaizen method. No, it's um, based on small changes lead to big shifts, right? Sure. Yes. So you don't have to go full in and think I've got to do everything all at once. You can just start by introducing the conversation of sleep, right? Yes. And then you get comfortable with that and your team gets comfortable with that. Then, then you can go on to the next stage about testing and referring and testing yourself or using a third party tester, you know, like, so it's little baby steps or little small changes that you can make to create a huge shift in your practice. Yes, I love that. This has been a really informative interview. I'm so excited for you and grateful that you're doing this thing, both for dentistry and for those girls that you're helping get educated. I love that. And um, I just thank you again for spending the time both implementing 
um, helping Dental Snoozology be born and also for taking the time this morning to teach us about it. I just really appreciate you. Oh, it was lovely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about some of this stuff. I, I, I love, I'm passionate about dental sleep medicine. And if I create a spark in one person who's listening to this and they mm-hmm. go on and they mm-hmm. save a life, Boom. that's great. That's it. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, maybe I want to do a baby step. It sounds to me like going to Dr. Patel's Um, website would be a really easy one to start with. Great. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life.